0: The Golden State Warriors are back in the Western Conference Finals. We have to discuss Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green making it back to the NBA's final round. And who might just see them in the NBA Finals? What's good? This is Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. Warriors won 120 to 110. Also in the show, we have to discuss Danny's recovery from his ACL uh, injury and upcoming surgery some conversations he had with LeBron and Carmelo recently in New York. Joel Embiid sent off some tweets that really raised some eyebrows and much, much more. But Danny, mm. watching Golden State get the win tonight, Thursday night as we are recording this, uh, what was your first emotion watching it?
1: Um, I think as a fan or a lot of people, I mean, I'll say as a competitor, you you hate to see, obviously, anybody outside of your team make it um, but you know, those guys had a, a two year drought where, you know, they had some rough, unhealthy, um, and unfortunate issues or situations. So it was good to see them back, being back healthy. Um, but I think most of the world was rooting against them. I think a lot of people are tired of seeing them win. I think a lot of people are tired of seeing the finals. Um, but, you know, they worked all year for this. They worked a couple years for this. They groomed Jordan Poole, uh, since he's been there. And now he's a big factor for him. You know, Clay's had a, a, a rough two-year patch up until this point. So, you know, a lot of people are happy for him. He's back. You know, Steph even had an injury year. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people in the Bay are happy for them. But I think the rest of the world, the NBA world, are probably tired of seeing them win. But, you know, I think it's a great comeback story for Clay. It's a great comeback story for Steph. Um, even Draymond had some injuries. But it's a good comeback story for, for that group, uh, considering all the factors that had come along during those two years and all the injuries they've had.
0: I never thought about that. I guess as like a I, maybe like the the general NBA fan for the most part is probably a Steph Curry fan, so they're probably like, yeah, it's nice that the Warriors are back in the finals, even though there's probably some who are just obviously tired of it. But I forget to like envision like as an NBA player, mm-hmm. like when you your your decade or the time that you're playing, your generation is going to be defined by the Golden State Warriors, which is a team that majority of NBA players don't play on. It's not like the the championships are going to be evenly distributed. It's pretty much this era is going to be defined by LeBron, Kevin Durant, and the Golden State Warriors, it would seem like. I never thought about it in that sense.
1: Yeah. And, I, and you think about it, this is the sixth straight finals for Clay, even though he's out for those two years because um, he didn't play for those two years. But this is sixth straight for him. And that's a lot of... Finals appearances for for him and that team. You know, um, I think people are, I mean, so coming out of the East, I think people are excited for somebody new to get to the finals. And right now it's looking like Boston. They're playing at a high level, playing very well. Uh, But out the West, I think it was exciting to see other people or newer teams, you know, rise to the the top. When it was Phoenix and Milwaukee, you see guys that have not reached that threshold get a chance to do so. And that's what uh, made it easier for not just the fans, but other players outside of the teams that are not playing to root for those other teams or certain people uh now you see you know steph clay and draymond they got already got three each i'm sure and so you know, it's hard to you got half one side you, you want to see newer guys win and when you see you know miami and boston miami's probably got some more tenure but boston's so young you know it's hard to be like oh i really want to see this guy get a ring you know, it's so new to them they have so many years left um you know, a lot of guys want to see chris paul get a ring or you know, Carmelo or you know what I'm saying, certain guys like that before they, they get their, their their careers are over. Um, these kids are it's going to say's got so many, and most of the guys in the East, a lot of their careers are just getting started. So it's really hard to root for, you know, certain players or people who don't have that so that
0: tenure. Oh, uh, I never thought about it like that. It's interesting. I I guess I would say though, obviously, you know, you still have people that you root for. I imagine as somebody who's gonna have uh, ACL or repair, re- mm-hmm. surgery uh, a little reconstruction. We mm-hmm. re- get yeah, ACL reconstruction on Tuesday. Uh, I guess watching Clay play, not just play, but play well, and mm-hmm. hearing his post-game interview with Ernie Johnson, I wonder if that hit a certain a, a certain vibe. Obviously, you already have a connection to him because of the injury that happened to him, but then also, too, because now you're about to go through the ACL reconstruction.
1: For sure. And a lot of people that he worked with are the people I'm working with now. And it's good to see some of these guys that make comeback stories, like some of the guys that have been out. There's so many ACLs, so many knees in the the, uh, rehab facility that I've been using. You see so many different guys coming in and out and you see so many stories of even guys like Pascal who had a shoulder. It's not just knees, but um, you see some of those guys have a comeback and and play well. Even when, you know, Blake had knee injuries, Russ had knee injuries, um, I think this past year. So it was Clay. And I'm trying to think of who else might have been that that had a knee injury that was a big factor in the play, Spencer Dinwiddie who had a knee yeah, injury. Spencer so Dinwiddie so uh, so, came
0: back fast from the ACL.
1: Yeah, so it's 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 not impossible. You see some of the guys come back with you know, within six seven months. You know, and you know I think the goal for me is uh, before nine months so I can get back by January February. to have some time. But um, you see some of those guys and they're they're doing well and they're playing at a high level that they played at before even better. Um said so Clay obviously he's getting back to rhythm and, and minutes and things like that. Um, you know, it was, only due, it, was only, it was only a matter of time before he was due for a 30-point breakout tonight. You know, he got that that game that he needed. It's usually game six, played. They didn't get to game six, but he came out and played in, in game six, Clay fashion tonight. Uh, but it's always good to see certain guys now that I'm tied to that that kind of, I guess, the knee fraternity, I guess, if you want to say. I haven't got my surgery yet, but I look at everybody now, those who have injuries, and see how they come back and how long it took them and, you know, where their career is from then to after you know, before and after and where it is now. So uh, just something to look forward to, you know, it gives you a lot of uh, hopefulness. Uh, say so we use that word for before a lot. Uh, so, you know, high hopes and just, you know, kind of envisioning, you know, yourself, hopefully making that same comeback as those people. Gotcha.
0: Um, okay. So here's one thing that I do hate, Danny, but it happens because we are now, well, both of us apparently are now in sports media. When a yeah. team wins, it also means that there's a, there's a, there's rankings that go out. There are uh, top ten lists and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. There's also awards that were given out too. We can discuss that yeah. as well. But uh-huh. uh, one, I don't agree. I'm not gonna put you in this position, but one, okay. I'm just gonna say this because it's gonna be an argument, and I don't like it. Okay. Uh, people are saying that now, Steph Curry is in the top ten all time players. Mind you, I'm not a. I'm not a. I wasn't alive. Like I wasn't like. Yeah. The biggest NBA, fan. I wasn't watching TV when Will Chamberlain was going off. Right. So like, you know, if he's in the top 10, I'm not going to deny that. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are certain people who are already putting Steph Curry in their top 10, but they don't have Kevin Durant in their top 10. And I'm like, hold on. When they won the two titles, the obviously before KD came, it was clear, clear as day that Kevin Durant was the best player on the team. And throughout the past decade, there's been never been a question that KD is a top two or three player in the NBA. Now Steph has been in and out of that. There's been debates about him, but for it's sure. never been a question about KD. So mm-hmm. for anybody who's putting Steph in their all-time top ten, anybody who's doing that, please make sure you also have Kevin Durant there. Just I I'm-
1: agree, man. It's, it's, it's all opinion, and it's hard for me to say until those guys' careers are done. Because you said you never know if something may get cut short or not. But thus far, those guys have had amazing hell of hell of careers. And we've had this debate before, even with my own team. And, and it's hard because the thing about all the greats that have come through, is hard to put certain guys that are in my generation in that top 10 now, uh, besides outside of Braun, you know what I'm saying? Because, um, you know, Bron's been for 20 years then there. And everybody else, I said, they've had a good decade of playing. But some of those guys are the top 10, have, you know, probably did it for 15 plus years. Um, but Steph, it's hard to not put him in those categories, you know, when he's got so many rings, um, two-time MVP and one of them unanimous, so many all-stars and the level of play and how many finals he's been at and at the point guard position, he's changed the game just because of what he's been capable to do um, with the way he shoots and how far out with the range and accuracy, obviously percentages. Um, but also pass and do something many things, change the, the game of basketball. You know, not just him, but his team, you know, and that's a group of them. He didn't do it alone. You know, Draymond was a big factor in that. Clay was a big factor. In that. Now you got Jordan Poole and Wicks who are playing huge factors and then making it to the finals. Um, but those guys, those three guys changed the nature of the game of basketball because of how they did it. It's kind of like Iverson. Um, you know, some people loved his game. Some people may not think he's a top 10, because he didn't have any rings or anything like that. But, but the way he carried himself and how he changed the game – um, it puts him in conversation with certain with certain people. Like you know, he was a top ten because of of how he changed the nature of the game, or how things uh, you know were carried from you know one category to another because of Iverson. Or because they made up rules for this guy, or they changed the rules for this person. And, you know, we had that that uh, that uh, conversation with Kenny Smith during the uh, pandemic. You know, he's like, they made a. I guess offensive three seconds for illegal offense because of Michael Jordan. So you know you're great when they change the rules of the game for certain people. Um, You know, so you know even people get on James Harden and Trey Young. Even though those guys, you know, don't haven't won a ring or that you're not considering them winners, they you know James Harden has changed the game with his step back and. Yeah, he's drawing fouls and got to the free throw line and his Euro step, even Mano has Euro step. You know, those guys have changed the game and brought something to the game that will forever carry on, you know, moving forward. Um, so is it it's all your opinion? I don't like to get into those arguments or debates too much. Um, sometimes with teammates, just to hear their perspective. Uh, but I said, I don't like to talk about it until those guys' careers are done. But so far, they're on that path, both of those guys.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh I will say this uh, in terms of the Warriors potentially winning a title. uh, They better go ahead and get it now because (laughs) next year, the Clippers, they should be. I I would have them as my favorite. I don't think the Mavericks are going to get any worse. I have to imagine the the Suns have to be looking for redemption. The Denver Nuggets are going to get healthy. I can't imagine the Lakers are going to stand pat. I can't imagine the Portland Trailblazers are going to stand pat. There has to be some progress with what happens in Utah. And I'm probably missing teams. Oh, Zion's going to come back for the New Orleans Pelicans. The Grizzlies, I forgot to mention them. Timberwolves are all moving up. The, uh, The Warriors have a great chance to go and get it and get it now. And I think... If you look at their the the scheme of what they've done, obviously it was six title, I mean six finals appearances in eight years, uh, only losing to the LeBron Cavaliers and the Raptors team that you were on. Uh, I would say though that them potentially winning this finals would be the second most impressive thing that they have done since winning in 2015, because honestly, when you add Kevin Durant to Steph, Clay, and Dre. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I'm it's just a little anti like, yeah, for you. It's not. I'm saying, like, it's not impressive.
1: I, I get no. it, man. said so that they've had a great run, a great stretch, and yes, it is impressive for them. Those guys to come back from injuries, um, get older, and still get it done. Like you said, the way it's shaped and lined up, um, the way the last couple of years of teams have getting to the finals and winning. You know, Milwaukee and Phoenix last year. Um, you know, with the injuries, as like I said the West is only going to be even better. It's going to be more stacked. Those teams are coming back healthy. Uh, Denver and the Clippers. I like both those teams. You know, Portland's going to make moves. They got a lot of cap space. Utah's going to make some moves. They're always pretty good. Memphis is up and coming. They're only going to get more mature and even better. In the East, you know, they're going to make some moves as well. Teams are going to get healthier. Boston's playing great basketball Miami. They're going to make some moves. They're going to get better depending on win or loss. Um, but even the teams that lost, like I'm sure Philly, we don't know what's going to happen, what moves they're going to make, but I'm sure Daryl Moore is going to try to get better. Um, you know, I'm trying to think who else is in the East that, that I, I'm missing, it, that it was a contender for most I mean, of the year, I mean,
0: you still got Brooklyn.
1: Brooklyn getting healthier, you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I forget them, but he said Ben just got surgery. He's coming back. You better believe he's going to be a big factor for them. And you know, figure out them three with Kyrie, uh, Ben, and and KD. That's going to be very interesting. You know, said Seth is coming back. They have a good, you know, foundation and a good core. So um it's going to be that much more interesting next year. And this was one I said I would say last year was kind of. Uh, uh, I guess the route to certain teams to jump on the the the, the steal route like do you is this is one to steal No, uh, never yeah. it's, it's crazy to put that in any conversation say you stole the championship um, you know but this is, the, this is the the one you can get away with before everybody kind of the, the league gets back healthy before and everybody strong ramps up. But yeah. you know, <laughs> no matter what, how you look at it a champion is a champion and you fought for it and you made it made it happen regardless of who was healthy who was not um, you guys are the best team in the league you gotta give whoever wins credit credit is due and you know those guys deserve to be champions they're gonna get it done but it's never easy task there's no small feat so but you better believe it's gonna be even harder when everybody's healthy and if they stay healthy uh, next year
0: yeah you know it's funny I was right I was driving today and I was thinking about teams that have won championships and like the injury luck that teams that don't have whatever whatever and I'm like you know what I'm not discrediting no team that a team that wins a title even if their opponent had injuries because you know what, like you have to actually feel the team and your team has to be prepared to ha- to sustain injuries. Like it had injuries happen way too often in the NBA for you to use it as an excuse. It's so, not an anomaly. Injuries are not an anomaly. They happen every year. It's like, we know it's going to take place. We don't know how it's going to take place but we know it's going to happen. So if your oh, team is happening. not prepared to win without mm-hmm. an injury, then your team was not good enough.
1: Uh, being healthy is a big part of being a champion, man. And that's been happening since before time. I said, even when I was in San Antonio, I looked at the years that they won and they missed it. The years that they missed it, I didn't, I freaking forgot that Timmy was hurt or this guy was out. Um, you know, the years that certain teams, uh, certain people were gone or, you know, even when Chicago had their run, you know, Mike was gone for a couple of years or Houston or Orlando, somebody moved or somebody got hurt that it, it happened. It's been happening for, for decades. So that's a big part of being a champion, regardless of if you're healthy or not, you know, it doesn't take away any team's, you know, strengths or saying this team has got lucky or we, it's been being healthy is a big part of being a champion. And it's a part of, you said, that's the luck part of it. And obviously you gotta be playing well. You still have to match up. You still have to lace up. You still have to be prepared for whoever puts on the floor. Cause everybody's a professional out there. Um, obviously they're stronger with their stars, But regardless of the fact you saw the beat a certain team four times around, that's hard to do regardless of who's on the floor.
0: For sure. Yeah, your roster is not just made up on your stars. Like if you don't have a backup point guard and your point guard gets injured, well, your roster just wasn't good enough. You weren't prepared for an injury. Sorry. Um, Okay, now, at least that's how I feel. Uh, Luka Doncic did not win the Magic Johnson Award for Western Conference Finals MVP. And we could talk about the awards in general. Uh, but obviously I think everybody is clearly aware now of uh, where he stands in the NBA hierarchy. He's one of the best in the league. Uh, some would say top five player in the league right now. And I would tend to agree with them if that was the case, if that somebody said that to me, uh, but obviously they did not have enough and a stacked Western conference coming back next year. If you were a part of the Mavericks front office, Nico Harrison, I believe is in charge of their front office. Not obviously mm-hmm. with Mark Cuban, what would be the, You have a bunch of things you could obviously fix, but there's one thing, one thing that you want to change with how the Mavericks are constructed. What would it be?
1: I think just the depth, the depth all all around and probably the the big man uh, depth. I think the interior um, rim protection. I think people were talking about that, the rebounding. I think Kevin Looney was a big factor on the offensive glass for them. Uh, Even when they, I guess they somewhat played small, but they did play a big here and there. Um, you know, a little bit more experience. They 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 just were. I feel like they were young. They had a very little experience. I guess more experience and more depth. Um, they had great looks, and you know, Luca did his job. He found looks for those guys. They missed some open ones. Uh, honestly, to me, I, I don't think anybody picked them to be there. So I'm not saying they were lucky to be there, but I think they surpassed anybody's you know expectations for them. So for them to reach where they were to a place that most people didn't believe they should have been um, was good enough for some. But I think for them, obviously, they want to win a championship. They need depth. They need veteran leadership, um, and I think a little bit more depth at the, the said the big position uh, with rim protection. Um, we and you had spoke earlier. We see uh, you know Miles Turner speaking on the game uh, where there was a clip where you know he's looking kind of mm-hmm. like jealous of a situation where you know that could be me type situation. I could be in there and be a factor to so where you know, he could be a difference maker for them. Um, he can stretch the floor and he can protect the rim. So I think that's the one thing that they're kind of missing.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they evolve as a team. And even someone like Jalen Brunson, who's going to get paid somewhere this offseason. He. Luca dominates the ball so much. So you wonder, like, is it worth from a financial standpoint to bring him back? I think Charles Barkley also brought up an interesting point as well as it pertains to the Mavericks. Um, We didn't project project them to get this far and they made it this far, but. Will it be a fluke or not will be very interesting to see because some people will just say that the Suns just collapsed. And that is why uh, the Mavericks were able to get to the Western Conference Finals, just like similar to the Philadelphia 76ers last year. uh, The team collapsed and the Hawks made it to the Western to the Eastern Conference Finals and the Hawks were nowhere to be found this year. So very pivotal offseason. I think Jason Kidd alluded to it in is post-game press conferences in terms of uh, how important it is for them to be hungry next year and move on uh, and keep on improving. It's so weird because Luca and Trey obviously were traded for each other on draft day, and they're always going to be compared to each other, And both of them back-to-back years now. Making it to the conference final round, we have to see how Luca res- and his team uh, responds. Moving yeah. on, though, as we look ahead to other stuff, Eastern Conference Finals-related uh, content, Later in the show, but wanted to get to you, Danny, because I know you had the ACL reconstruction surgery mm-hmm. on Tuesday, I think. So a lot of people have been hitting me up and even I've seen the commentary on Twitter, Instagram or whatever. They see there's videos of you at this event in in, in Brooklyn, uh, mm-hmm. the Battle of the Apple event. And even like a couple of friends said to me, like, Danny's walking around already. A story like, of
1: Queens. On? Yeah. One was at McClan <laughs> City High School and the other one was at St. John's Prep. It was an a story yeah, of Queens.
0: This- Yeah, I think some people were like kind of shocked at the fact that you're walking with like no boot, no nothing right now.
1: Uh, Surprisingly, a lot of people have been able to walk without or without a hurt, with a hurt ACL or LCL. Uh, Some days after injury. Uh, This is before I did my pre-rehab. So I'm doing pre-surgery rehab right now to get some movement. They say, if you go in a little bit looser, you come out a little bit better and you still have some more better mobility and recover faster. So that's why we're doing that. Uh, Before I even started doing that, a lot of swelling went down. So obviously I walked with the crutches and help mostly use the crutches to let people know like I'm hurt, don't fall into me, don't run into me. But I was able to put pressure on it and walk without it. Um, but a lot of people would be able to perform without ACLs. A lot of people perform with hurt ACLs. I've seen some soccer players playing for six months with a torn ACL. Dewan Blair, Blair, a teammate of mine, had no ACLs. Uh, so a lot of people have been able to walk. What, you said, you said What? You don't remember Dewan Blair had no ACLs? I know. I, re-
0: I remember Dewan Blair. I, he had yeah. no ACLs.
1: I, I, from our recollection i don't think he had any acls i don't know when they were taken out know. or when he lost them but i don't think he played with any acls but it's it's a i'll let you
0: i'll let you keep going rare. i'm looking this up it's rare I'm but it, it's up.
1: something that has happened and i said my uncle he tore his acl he said a long time ago and he had been doing because he waited for some months for it to heal but he never got it repaired or surgery on it um a lot of people not saying a lot of people it's rare but some people are able to still walk around everyday life perform without ACLs or without, uh, I guess, surgery or a repaired ACL. Um, but yeah, obviously I plan on getting re, re, uh, surgery and, re, and fixed, but I'm, I'm capable of walking around. I'm doing some rehab. Things are looking good. They're feeling good. I've got some mobility in the leg. I'm able to walk even better than when I was there at the uh, the tournament, but I was there showing love, I Said a, f- a good friend of mine Threw an event. Braun was there. Mello was there. Uh, some rappers were there. A lot of great people were there uh, watching the young talent. And it was a it was an interesting show, man. I got to see some some good young talent up and coming, and not just from New York, but from other cities come into town and play. But yes, I was able to walk. Things went smoothly. Things are going smoothly. Now. I'm able to walk now. And uh, I was in the grocery store today. other day, saw some AD chips, uh, almost bought some some brow chips. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, you're walking, you're doing well. Yeah, but you know, this is just pre, pre-surgery right now. So post-surgery, I'm sure it'll be a little different. I'll probably be back on crutches. Uh, but right now I got some good mobility and some good movement right now.
0: Uh I looked it up. Apparently, Dewan Blair did not have any ACLs. That's wild. Mm-hmm. I forgot. I totally forgot mm-hmm. about that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I hope you do get, I, I would like for you to get your ACLs, but. For sure. Good to I'm know. My, good to know, that ACL. Is, to know that is possible. But you, you yeah. hear
1: these stories all the time in rehab of what guys have played with, without, or hurt, or torn. And somebody just told me recently, I forget what soccer player was. And he's been playing the last six months on a torn ACL. He tore his first one, and then he you know, re-injured another one. But he still played for six months after, he, and then before he got it repaired. Uh, so it is possible. Let alone you're able to walk on it. So I know a lot of people have done it, and and so right now I'm just getting a good space uh, of being able to put found like pressure on it, or just have a good uh, um, what to call it, uh, but yeah, able to put yeah, I'm able pain, to put some pressure on it Yes, without any pain and have good balance on it, you know, on that leg or both legs and walk without crutches right now.
0: Nice. Uh, okay, so you are a man who spanned his career a bunch of different places, uh, mm-hmm. being a McDonald's All-American, playing at North Carolina, playing uh, for the San Antonio Spurs, playing for the Raptors, Lakers, Philadelphia 76ers, a bunch of different franchises over the course of, I guess what, you just finished your 13th year? Year 13 kid finished just finished year 13 you've met a lot of people what is the most memorable text message phone call email form of communication that you've gotten since you had the injury and who was it from and why was it memorable um, I just think all
1: of not all of them no, are memorable, not doing it, but not a lot of my that. coaches. A lot of my coaches remember <laughs> most
0: memorable. one.
1: <laughs> it's hard to say, man. Not nobody that like reached out that shocked me. You know, uh, the people that reached out were people that I knew that I knew would reach out that were checking on me. Uh, a lot of family, close friends. Was there, a funny friends. Message?
0: Was, there a, was one there... funny
1: message? There was one there funny go. message I'm getting to. So, the people that 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 I guess that obviously not saying shocking, but that um, made me feel in better spirits or that, like we're checking on me, obviously older people that aren't, I gonna say aren't around the game or don't watch it as much. They still watch, but a lot of my coaches, and that goes from my high school coach to coach Williams, uh, to Frank Vogel, who was my favorite text message, who showed a lot of love because he knows that we live in the same area when we're in California. So he said, you know, whenever you're back home, I'm your man. If you need me to run some errands for you, let me know. I'm right down the street. You know, I can do this for you, do that for him. I'm like, coach, I appreciate you man. a hell of a year, but I'm not going to actually do any favors. I'll stop by, say hello, and I'll see you, but I'm not going to have you run any errands for me while I'm in California. But you know, he offered to do that for me, which was which was pretty great. But everybody's been offering that. Like, you know, if you need, let me know. I'll get this for you, that for you. Let me know if you need this, this, or this. It's been great. It's been a lot of love and seeing people face to face and talking about it and asking us to talk to Bron, talk to Melo. Um, you know obviously a lot of my teammates showed a lot of love they, they've been my guys since day one um they're, they're worried about me you know mentally making sure that I'm good checking on me, how you doing what's going on um are you coming back and i'm like you know are they updating you what are they doing are they gonna bring you back um, and I'm like I don't know you know it's part of business so I, I don't know i hope for the best and expect the worst just so that you know i'm not upset when things don't go the way I expect them to be or expect them to go. Um, so I'm just, you know, trying to make sure I figure out backup plans, you know, plan B, C, and D if plan A doesn't work out.
0: hmm Uh, notice how, well, for those who are listening, watching, uh, I, I have been living in Los Angeles now for the past, I guess almost two and a half years. Danny is back in Los Angeles too, uh, at least for the time being, uh, notice Danny that I have not, uh, unlike you, you're getting a lot of these. Let me know what I what I can do for you. I got anything <laughs> you need. I got you. I haven't sent that message yet because a lot of people send that shit. Excuse my <laughs> language. A lot of people send that and don't really be meaning it.
1: Like, they yeah. you get called
0: out on it. Like, hey, yeah. I need you. To oh, call yeah. Call for me.
1: real? Okay, cool. I need you to come, you know, pick up this or Yo, bring this to me. So yeah. I know some people <laughs> how to do that. I know some people <laughs> how to do that. I think a lot of people know that I want to ask for anything. So I would say 50% are probably real about it. Actually, probably higher because a lot of my friends are good people. Um, but probably like 60 or 70% are real about it. But I think the other 30 or 40% are like, I know you yeah, never to asked me. It. So, I'm, you know, <laughs> they know that. So I'll, I know people that will ask me for favors and I won't say something like, yo, let me know if you need this, this, or this, you know what I'm saying? Or if I can help you with certain things, you know, yeah. obviously don't let me know if, you know if you need anything. Let me know if I can help with in any way, you know, and if I can, I'll help. But I know some just ask or say it just to say it. So yeah, oh, that's just like, like, i like, yeah, look,
0: I'm free uh, I can help you out with anything that you need Friday between 5 to 5.15. Anything in that window, I got you. That 15-minute yeah. window, I'm free. <laughs> don't, don't be asking. Yeah, you keep it real, man. I,
1: you sound like a you New know, Yorker, sometimes man. People
0: it, sometimes people say it, say they will beat it. Sometimes people say they don't will beat it.
1: Yeah, a lot of people do, but let's say that <laughs> yeah. just goes to show you how real you are as a, as a person, as a friend, as a New Yorker. It's like, look, I ain't doing shit for you, so don't ask me. <laughs> and some friends, I, I let them know too. Listen, man. I feel bad for you. I mean, it sucks that you're in what you're in situation, you're in, but don't ask me for help because I ain't got you. But <laughs> if you need this, you know, I could I could talk to you. If you want to talk, I'll listen. You know what I'm saying? If you need me to stop by, yeah. I'll do that. Don't ask me for no favors, so you know. Yeah, we, That's, 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 we a, that's all, a New
0: Yorker in you, bro. Yeah, <laughs> we all we all got our ways of showing love. We all got our ways of helping. We all we all have our different routes. Oh, okay. uh, that's funny. Uh, okay, all right. Before we get out of here. And I want to say something about Kevin Durant and Kyrie, but, you know, we're not going to do that just yet. You want to do that's awards? Gonna, that's going to that's going to last for a while. Oh, yes. Uh, before we. Yeah. Well, yes, there's a couple of things. Speaking of awards, uh, there's a couple of things that, as it pertains to your teammate, uh, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I got a bunch of questions. All right. Uh, we did not. this We did not discuss this one. So you might mm-hmm. as well get it. Let's do- we'll have to do a quick. We did not discuss this one, at least in this form yet. Joel Embiid, uh, you you tweeted out. LeBron tweeted, uh, "We got to stop with the illegal screens in the Mm -hmm. NBA." You quote tweeted him and the flopping Mm exclamation point. If you look at, I don't, I know you're not a person who checks your Twitter when you send a tweet, but if you look under that tweet, there's a lot of commentary regarding your teammate Joel Embiid. Okay, I think Joel Embiid is a.
1: I ignore it, man. I ignore it. So because some people, I saw some people comment that I was maybe taking a shot at Bron. I saw Bron after that. And he knows I'm not taking a shot at him. I'm, I'm just saying certain things are the, like, and you've expressed this freely too. Like certain things need to change. And that's ruining the game. And obviously, these guys are really hard to guard already. They're great players. It makes it even harder if you're letting those guys set illegal screens for them to where we can't even get in front of them or chase them. Um, let alone guys like you know, Jimmy Butler, very good scorer, very good player. He's gonna get score some baskets. It's very hard to guard him if he bumps into you and he may sell a call and gets free throws. So, you know, the flopping for me, not just with, I'm not saying Jimmy does flop, but I'm just saying some guys sell it. Some guys it really about, flop. It's fine. And it's guys, like, yeah, Guys flop. It's guys even flop, some, of, some of my guys, you know what I'm saying? I watched Kalo, Kalo's my guy. And they and saw another flops. day, and they, they, you thought he got elbowed in the face. And I was like, oh, damn, I think he got elbowed in the face. And you look at the play, he missed him. He flopped. But it's part he of flops. the game. And guys had Luca, Chris Paul, a lot of these guys. And Chris, it kind of bit him said in the ass in the, in the playoffs because he got a lot of fouls because Luca did it to him. But, um, yeah, you know, the flopping, it's hard. It's hard enough for referees to referee a game, game. It's going so fast. These guys are stronger, faster, and referees are trying to call calls. But if you're acting out there and so many guys are even flopping a full on the place or holding their mouth or trying to get um, it's kind of ruined the game for me. You can't even be physical. And obviously, I look at it from a defensive perspective. So I'm, like, always trying to say, like, yo, Stop giving offense. Some, obviously, you want to see scoring, but there's no way these guys can play defense if you can't touch anybody, or if these guys are flopping, or if they throw their body into you and they just fall back and throw the ball up, uh, always hitting the ground. It it kind of, you know, it's hard to play. It ruins the game for me. and It's hard to play defense. And I feel bad for the defenders as well as myself, because I'm in that position plenty of times. Uh, so those are two things I thought. Obviously, I love your rule of letting the hail, hail Mary shots not be a shot attempt. So I think we should have more challenges, you know, one challenge a half. And if you win it, you should keep it. Yeah. And I think the flopping should change. And of course, illegal screens, illegal screens, illegal flopping screens, disgusting, walks, some of them they miss and carrying the ball. That will change the game a lot. There's a couple of things. And I forget who it was. Somebody did an interview recently. He was like, Yo, call the walks, call the carries, call the travels. And there's a lot of
0: them that are missed. Uh, yeah. Um, because again, but, but similar to the guys who walk a lot, I don't get I don't I don't blame them because the mm-hmm. game and the referees let them get away with it. It's just like Kyle Lowry flops, Joe B sure. flops, I, for Lebron, LeBron James flops. And, but I don't blame them. I blame the, the rules, the rules committee, the competition mm-hmm. committee for rewarding them for flopping. For like, sure. stop giving them foul foul free throws. Like, I'm sure I walk more than I normally
1: did when I was because I'm like, I'm allowed oh, to yeah. grab the ball, take a couple steps, and then dribble it before I have to put the but in Europe, you got to put the ball down before anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't pump fake and then you know, step and then dribble. You got to pump fake, put the ball down, then you know what I'm saying? So, guys, even before they put the ball down, a lot of them there was a play. I saw a step. I thought the play died. I thought it was a dead ball play after the referee's bill to whistle because he really caught the ball, looked around, took a couple steps. Then drill the shot of three made it. it was cash, but I'm like nobody's seen the you know the extra steps beforehand. But um, yeah, you know, so it's just part of the game now, you know. And and unless you're unless you do the Russell Westbrook where you catch the ball and you take five steps with the ball, they normally <laughs> don't call it. We've seen Bron do it before. You know, what I'm saying guys take take the ball, pick it up, look at it, take a couple steps, or you know what I'm saying, or you know, dribble it again. Um, they're just not paying attention to it, and it's just hard to see because so many other things are going on. I understand the speed of it, but the flopping for sure needs to change. And, of course, the legal screens.
0: The legal screens are ridiculous, especially with the rate that teams are shooting threes now and how proficient they are. It makes it really difficult. Um, mm-hmm. OK, so but also also under that tweet uh, was commentary about your teammate, Joel Embiid and how mm-hmm. he flops. But we discussed flopping as well. But that also leads me to another uh Topic. Mention of Joel Embiid. Yes. Uh, after the last Miami Heat-Boston Celtics game, he tweeted that the Miami Heat need a star. Uh, and he basically and then he said the Celtics have too many weapons. Obviously, Joel, working the Twitter fingers like only he can, knows that's mm-hmm. going to draw a reaction, especially with his uh, public uh, admiration of Jimmy Butler. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Uh I'm of the I am of the thought, and I'll just give you my thought and I and I and I'll let you just react to it. And mm-hmm. we'll, and then we we'll have one more thing we we'll get out of here. Mm-hmm. I think that this year is very important for the future of Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. I agree. Mainly it, it, they've hit the team has hit the second round hump repeatedly. Joel Embiid Mm -hmm. has not been rewarded to the point where he probably would have liked to uh, in terms of individual accolades. Didn't win MVP, couldn't even make first team All-NBA, despite it's renowned around the league that he's, as a talent, he's a top three player in the league, hands down. He's a fantastic player, but the team has not gotten past the hump. And if you could look, he's done his part as a player for the most part. In terms of getting better, you saw Ben Simmons limitations and he worked, made himself better, worked around it. Ben didn't work out. Brett Brown didn't work out. Obviously, there's heat under Doc Rivers all the time. Uh, And then now you have the James Harden situation where. He has to look at, okay, whatever contract is given to James Harden is obviously going to be tied to my career here in in Philly. Yes, yeah, it's going to be tied to his future. So what type of James Harden comes back next year? and how much money he's being compensated, how much of the salary cap he's taking up with his talent level, Mm -hmm. whatever that talent level might be, is going to have a ripple effect on Joel Embiid's happiness. Because I don't, I know how much, again, I'm almost done. I know how much, and this is my thought, not yours, for anybody who's reading into this, into my thoughts. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much Joel Embiid has, has said he loves Philadelphia. I imagine at a certain point he loves winning more than any city in the country. He's not from Philadelphia. That's Granted, he's going to give them he's going to give them a, a benefit of the doubt because they embraced him first. Yes, all that good stuff. End of the day, if he is not given the right tools to win while he is doing the work from a skill wise from a skill position to be talented enough to win, at a certain point he's going to be disgruntled. And what does every disgruntled player dude that is at that level they get up out of there.
1: Yeah, um I agree eventually most guys want to win. They the money is cool and, and being getting all the accolades and being the man, but eventually you're going to want to win. That's the reason why James came to where he came to. It's why he left Houston. That's why he wanted to, you know, play in Brooklyn, try to give a chance to win and now he's in Philadelphia trying to give himself a chance to win. I think James comes back a lot hungrier, um a lot I mean not saying a lot better than what we've seen because he's shown what he's capable of doing. He came in, he came in very well. And we saw, you know, from the jump, it was the honeymoon phase, you know, he could play at a high level. Um, obviously going to move some pieces and see what they can do around him. But I do said think that Joel is looking into of how long the extension, I guess it was going to be of James and how long he has to play with him and how I guess each year of where his game is going to be. Um, but I said, I think James hears and sees everything and he's using as motivation to come back stronger. Um, but I don't read into Joel's tweets, man, and neither should you. You know, he calls, him, he calls himself the troll for a reason. He likes to stir up shit. He likes to get the fans going. He likes to talk. Obviously, he has a, a thing with Jimmy. They're a good brother. They have a brotherhood. They're, they're close friends. But, you know, he's trying to stir up some shit. And I don't read deeply. I think he's just not really stating that Miami is, is missing some star power when it comes to scoring. Um, you know, Jimmy can't do it every night, even though he, he's a great talent. Um, they they signed all these other guys this offseason and put a lot of power on, but uh, It's just, I wouldn't say it's not working out, but it's not working the way they expected. A lot of people expected them to work out. You know, we thought they're going to be a, a super powerhouse with all the names that they brought in. Um, and I had to make decisions on who they move, who they bring in, who they pay, who they you know pay repay or bring back or or sign or keep. Um, there's so many uh, different decisions, not just with Miami, but Philly. But I think he's just a fan of the game. He's a fan of every sport. He's going to comment on them. I don't read deeply into them. But I think some people like yourself and other people like, you know what, he's looking at his future and saying, you know, maybe I could play with Jimmy again some years if this doesn't work out here. Maybe he is, you know, and sometimes he may play chess. But I think right now he's focused on him, what what he needs to do and bring to the city of Philly and try to make them win. But you better believe us that what they do in the offseason is very intricate to the Joel future in Philadelphia. Um, I do agree with that part. Um, But yeah, you know, and he's seen, you know, they had the thing on on in the media. and I want to touch on this before last time we spoke, um, Mm -hmm. you know, how did, from my understanding, I I, I think, and I could be wrong, I think it was Jimmy's decision to leave. I don't think it was, oh, they chose this guy over him or this guy over him. And, you know, obviously Jimmy made some statements to make some of the guys look bad on on our team. And I think it was a little unfair because, you know, Jimmy has the ball in his hands. He's made to be the guy there, Um, you know, Tobias. And I don't know who else's name he called out. You couldn't hear everybody else's name, but he called out Tobias' name. I think he might have called out Ben and somebody else. But from my understanding, I thought they were trying to bring everybody back and that didn't happen. And I could be wrong. Um, and I could be wrong saying that this was his decision to leave. Um, but I think it would have been a different type of situation or battle if Tobias was put in that type of role too. Tobias is put in a different role here. So for you to you know throw shots or him to get catch strays for a guy that's being a role player, even though he's giving max money, they put him in a role player position. To where he's not even, you know, I guess a featured guy in our offense, um, you know, even behind you know, Tyrese, I mean, even though Tyrese is very good and he he's had the ball in his hands a lot, but Tobias doesn't have the ball in his hands nearly as much as any of those guys, as Joel James or Tyrese. Um, so essentially, you know, it's an unfair match or unfair comparison, um, to call him out. But it was, a, uh, I said it was interesting how that all panned out last time when they made the moves, and Joel, I'm sure, wasn't happy about it. And I'm sure it's gonna be even more interesting this time around, he's watching, um, but I don't think he's thinking to move to Miami right now at all I just think that he's watching and saying um you know eventually that he he's going to want to win and and maybe I don't think it's going to be Miami I think he's just talking and trolling um and saying they need a what's the name to get people talking but uh, he does want to play with Jimmy again and I think people are looking at that and trying to, to piece something together of, you know it's, it, people need something to talk about so that's just something to, to speak on but yes this is the intricate summer of the Joel Embiid's future in Philadelphia uh, organization
0: for sure, no. They gotta, they gotta do right by him. I mean, that it's not, it's not like they haven't tried, but mm-hmm. what they've tried hasn't worked. It hasn't mm-hmm. worked at all. So it's, it's, it's well, a lot of a it's deal, due to injuries it's too. Healed, I mean, the second round it's losses, is the same result. But Daniel, anyway, sure. we talked, but, but we talked, we talked about but we just talked about this. If yeah. you're not deep enough, yes. to sustain and an injury, then agreed. you just want. That is why, and
1: that's why when you, you mentioned you have, it. You, have, you have to count
0: on, you have to you have to have replacements, you have to have depth to manage an injury.
1: And That's why you're saying Jalen Brunson get paid somewhere. I think Dallas needs to keep him because even though Luca dominates the ball, even during a season, Luca may not be healthy the whole season. You never know what's gonna happen in the playoffs. And he needs a rest. So when he's off the floor, you need a guy like Jalen Brunson to handle the ball or Denwoody. Den- Den- I think that it's works. It's been working for them. I think you keep those guys, especially if the injuries happen, you they're they're deep in that aspect of ball handlers, the so guys that can create in that one position. Now he's got to get deeper in other positions. So Like us, we've had injuries. Joel had his the face. You know, we obviously can't find another Joel or another center. That
0: was that was. was But for him to miss two, you
1: know, two games to start the series was rough. Uh, But last year, said Atlanta, I was hurt. Um, We had Furkan who stepped up, played well. Matisse. Um, I'm sure they're looking for more depth. But the fact that I was hurt last year hurt us a little bit in this year as well. Um, So yeah, I think depth is something they're looking for as well and at that position uh, in the wing position from you know three D aspect.
0: Yep, yep. It's it was weird because you know I, I. I can't say certain things on Twitter sometimes because I don't want it to seem as if it's like, You're shade. <laughs> I don't want it. I don't want it to seem like it's biased, even though like, I, like I, I don't want to be cocky, but I know what I'm talking about from time to time. And yeah, I, you know and the always, game man. you've been around for a while. These
1: people, I don't know why they yeah. don't believe you, but you know a little <laughs> bit of basketball. You've been watching played way back in the day. I'm not saying you were a great player or like knew the game from that standpoint, but you've been watching sports your whole life.
0: And you do know the game well. And I've been able to talk to some people who know the game. And so part of me was like, you know, as we talked about the Sixers, it's like, as much as I like watching you play basketball, I'm like, Sixers is in trouble if they only have one Danny Green. They need about three. You know what I'm saying? Like, because oh, that's you just think reality at least two. Yeah, you need at least, at least two. At least two, yeah. yeah.
1: And so well, James yeah. and Joel, you got to have somebody that spread the floor and also play defense. Um, my, I think Matisse my, can be that guy. I think he can grow to be that guy. He's got a hell of a summer around him. It's an intricate summer for him, a uh, summer ahead of him. Um, Cause he got the defensive side down. He um, got that part down. I think just the offensive being a threat out there is the only thing he has to work on. And that's all summer. He needs to work on it, but um, you know, Furcon, he has a summer ahead of him too. I think some of these guys can be more mature. Uh, Shake obviously has figured out. He had to play different positions last year, more point guard this year, more off the ball. Um, he's all the place. So he's got to be able to adapt and adjust, but I think we have some solid pieces, man. They just have to do a little bit more growing Isaiah Joe. I like him a lot. And I think he can become mm-hmm. a, a real player in this league.
0: Yeah. I think Isaiah Joe definitely has a chance. Um but yeah, but we have we have all summer, well, not all summer, we have a good long time to talk about uh what should happen next with the sixers and across the nBA uh, landscape during free agency. I'm sure we will be talking about it all of July uh, and all of June as we're also watching the NBA finals. uh with that also being said, Danny, there is one discussion that I hope continues through July through August through September through october, November, however long it needs to take for there to be some actual change. I'm uh, going to end the show here. I'm sure everybody Agreed. has known uh, that 19 students were shot and killed uh, this earlier this week, along with two other teachers in Uvalde, Texas, which is, I believe, an hour and a half, 90 miles from San Antonio where Danny mm-hmm. used to play for over, uh, I think, the span of seven or eight seasons. Danny, you can correct me where I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, seven and a half, uh, eight seasons. Seven
0: yeah. a, yep. So, uh, but you you hate to you hate to make these things political and you hate to like choose a side when it comes Mm -hmm. to being conservative or liberal xyz or undecided in terms of being you know picking a political side point blank period america feels unsafe
1: yes so we choose a side of safety we choose a side of the children It has nothing to do with republican democrat we choose the side of the well-being of humans man and and Steve Kerr had some powerful statements, he had some powerful words, and you know, obviously, you know, he's a little more political, chosen on side to side of you know, pointing out senators and certain, uh, like, you know, people in higher positions. Um, but yeah, you, you I read some things you see on Twitter, you see a lot of things, and some things make you question, like, is you know, America the best country in the world? Is it the the best place to be? Um, you know, I see some of my friends, some of my teammates. Um, do you still believe that? Um, and I, I still, you know, obviously we all love to live here. We love to be here. Um, but it's hard to believe that when you see the same cycles over and over. If you're one of the better countries in the world, you're supposed to be one of the smarter countries in the world. And smart countries are smart places to live don't have reoccurring issues like this. You know, they, they make changes, they smarten up. How smart are we really if we're still seeing the same shit over and over? You know, how great of a country are we really if, you know, it's 2022 and these are the same issues that we've had, you know, 50, 60 years ago, you know, and, and obviously even 10, 20 years ago, um, you, you we've seen change happen. We can see change happen quickly. You know, things can happen within a year or two. And you would think over the last five years we've seen so many, you know, brutal murders so, so many people getting killed, you know, police brutality, um, shootings, even shootings from when I was young, you know, Columbine. Um, you would think there would be some type of protocols or safety for young kids to be able to purchase a gun or some background checks or mental health checks, um, social media checks. I mean, they they arrest rappers off lyrics, but, you know, 18-year-olds, they don't check their social media or check their mental health or see, you know, what they're going through just before they purchase it. Like, they can get a gun like it's, you know, like it's a bag of chips, um, so... It's just interesting, our process of how our mind works, how we think, how things have not changed, how stubborn we are Um, as a country, if we call ourselves great or the greatest in the world. um, It's just it's hard to to believe that or keep that hope or have hopefulness for our country if you see the same reoccurring issues in the same cycles.
0: Yeah, I'm puzzled trying to excuse me. I'm puzzled trying to actually figure it out uh, just because there's so many. Different reasonings that I keep on seeing from people who don't agree with your viewpoint, the mental gymnastics that it takes to uh, actually explain their point of view amazes me uh, mm-hmm. at times. But yet here we are. All I do is I hope that at some point uh, people uh, can be civil enough with each other to have the conversations that actually matter and people are willing to concede uh, where they might be wrong. My mom told me something a long. First of all, I have to apologize because I already. I think I cursed on this podcast. Already cursed, and she got upset at you cursing she before. Got upset at me. yeah, I think I cursed on this you, one too. You said damn, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. She got upset. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, but I will say this: my mom told told me something a while ago, and it's probably one of the things that had stuck with me the most. Uh, it is never too late to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So, whatever stances you might have had is okay to say. You know what? With new evidence. Upon further review, my stance has changed. If you are absolutely cool with the status quo of children dying in school and allowing easy access to assault rifles so that these things can continue to happen, I have no words for you. At a certain point, you just have to, like, this is not cool. It is not fine. And accepting it as status quo is a unbearable problem that America has. I wish yeah, I was man. a politician so I had more control to do whatever needs to be done. But I, and, but to my point, Danny, and, and I think this is what everybody was saying uh, before uh, when it first happened, what's going to happen? We, we've seen the cycle. Something happens. We all get upset. And then there's social media outrage. It's sort of and, heroic, then it's and then it, quiet, keeps going. it keeps going. So I hope we're still talking about this when midterm elections are going on. I hope we're still mm-hmm. talking about this in December because to see other countries have not have this problem does not make me, be- makes me believe that we shouldn't have this problem either.
1: I agree. Fix it. It, it, it hits home man. says San Antonio's home for me and this is close to home. And I see, I still keep updated with what's going on in Texas. A lot of my friends and my wife just from Houston. So I, we always see news that happens in Houston and San Antonio that's close And these people, they affect a lot of our friends and family that are there. Um, And I see both sides of it. I understand why, you know, the gun laws are where they are there. And people say there's less violence because the gun laws are so free there and things like that. Uh, But there's so many other ways to to make things safer. There's so many other ways to protect, you know, the human society or, you know, the civilians. Do we really need to have normal people with military guns, AR-15? Like, if you're not in the military, you don't need a damn military gun. You know, do we really need to give kids who are 18 years old who can't drink the ability to purchase a a, a, a rifle or a weapon uh, that that's very deadly? Obviously, there's a lot of things that are deadly, but this is one of the most deadly weapons you can get in the world. So to be able to purchase at 18, but you can't drink, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, so, yeah, man, it's just that it's sad to see. It's heartbreaking all around. And as you read the articles, it gets worse and worse. You see some of the families that are breaking or losing or falling apart. And it hits even home even more when it's in your backyard. Um, And it shouldn't have to happen in everyone's backyard for you to take a stance, use your voice, and do something, take action. Um, So all we can do is our Part H, we're going to continue to use our platform, our voice, and hopefully take some action when we can, when there's something that can be done action wise that we're not in that position of power yet. But uh, I believe one day we will have some power to, be able to sway some things and change some things. And that's what we're working now. We're working for that day. Um, and we're going to continue to, to push and keep the conversation going until, you know, things do change.
0: Yep. And as somebody who's lived in rural Georgia before. I understand the need for people to feel like they need to have guns and be protected because mm-hmm. they might feel far away from a police precinct. Something happens. And I could understand the viewpoint that uh, having a handgun or concealed carry makes you feel more comfortable if something's going to happen personally to you. But that does not mean, to your point, it doesn't seem to make it doesn't make any sense to me why that means somebody should be able to get an AR-15, especially at 15, at 18 years old. Doesn't make sense. I hope. Nobody, nobody, again, nobody's saying that you need to drop your political affiliations. We're just saying, as my mom said, it's never too late to do the right thing.
1: Any last words, Danny? Nope. Um, you know, read, rate, subscribe, review. Um, one, of the, another, one of our, every time, especially during these last couple of years, COVID has hit a lot of us hard. A lot of our legends have passed. Another legend died today, Ray Liotta. You know, RIP, shout out to him and his family. Um, super young. I thought he was older, 67 years old, Goodfellas, all-time classic top five movie in my book. Um, it's, it's tough to see some of these legends pass, man. And so even the younger generation have no idea what these people are, but, um, you know, it's our duty. to say, like, not just with these things have changed in the, in the, um, the world, but with these legends to keep their name living on, you know, like the Nipsey Hustles, like the Kobe Bryants, Ray was one of those legends in the movie industry, and, you know, we celebrate him and make sure he's remembered and, you know, make sure the younger generations recognize and know who he is when they're watching his movies or we continue to keep his movies going. Um, but it's just, it's tough to see us lose so many valuable people in our world. And he was one of them. So rest in peace to him. Uh, prayers out to his family. Prayers out to all the families that lost someone in the shootings. Um, there's been so many. It's hard to keep count. Um, and I want to just I don't want to just uh, you know, pinpoint one of them because there's so many people that have lost people everywhere. There's shootings in Buffalo's and grocery stores. Um, you know, so many different acts. Um, so we're praying for all those families. Um, and if there's people that need to reach out to us, there's anything we need to acknowledge or try to help with. You guys know where to reach us. Read, rate, subscribe, review. You got the pages to contact us to you know figure out ways we can to help. You know, using our voice, our platform, or whatever actions we can take um, in California, New York, where me and H live, or wherever we'll be. i um, in Philly. Um, so yeah, you know, don't hesitate. Don't be shy. Uh, let's do this as a, as a unit. Uh, let's make this, this place a better place for us to live in and for our kids to grow up in, in somewhere safer.
0: Couldn't have said it better, my friend. Uh, good luck with your surgery. See you guys next time.
1: Appreciate you King. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please leave a five-star rating and give a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Inside the Green Room is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. Clifford Augustin is the producer and Marissa Rivez is the acting director for sports podcasts at SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen. SiriusXM
0: Podcasts.